Just a quick reminder before I begin that we will be holding informational meetings this Sunday, 9.45 at the Tyler campus, and after the 10 a.m. Maple Worship Service. We want to have a chance to share a little more about the thinking behind Project 320 <clears throat> and to have a chance to answer your questions, take your comments. If neither of these times this Sunday works well for you, we are also offering another meeting time on Wednesday, August 30th at 7 p.m. at the Tyler Campus Library. I do invite you to take the time to read through the informational packets, and those can be found on the website. This weekend, Pastor Mike will be preaching on the Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah, which leaves the gospel reading wide open for me to talk about today. The Gospel reading from Matthew 15 is one of those really peculiar, odd passages where Jesus says and does things that leave you dumbstruck. Oh, the backstory for this particular event that is recorded in Matthew 15 is that Jesus was trying to get away from it all. Yeah, he had been through some pretty tough times. John the Baptist had just been recently killed by the governmental powers that ruled the day, and Jesus was grieving. Not only was he emotionally down over the death of John, but John's murder would also foreshadow his own death that was soon to come in Jerusalem. Yeah, the happy days of healing people and supportive crowds would soon give way to those shouting angrily for his death. But finding an escape from the demands of the sick and hungry people was not easy. He and his disciples had tried to sail to a different spot in the Sea of Galilee, but people followed on foot, and Jesus could not turn away from them. He, he saw them, and he had compassion, and he healed their sick. He couldn't even send them away hungry for that night, but he had to feed them two fish and five loaves and turned it into a big banquet for thousands. But finally, having dismissed the crowds, he sent even his own disciples on ahead of him in the boat while he found a solitary place to pray well into the night. Finally, it was time to catch up with his students, and he walked out on the water, and they made their way further and further from the, the land of Israel. And as they made their way along the Mediterranean coast to the cities of Tyre and Sidon, surely thinking that this would be far enough away that he could get some rest and relax. Yep, but once more, as they were on foot, the cries for help followed them. This time it was from a woman, but not just any woman. A foreigner, of course, they were in foreign lands, but not just any kind of foreigner, a Canaanite woman. She could not be any further down on the priority to help list than she was. I mean, she's at the bottom of the bottom. You might remember that the Canaanites were one of the people groups that had originally lived in the Promised Land but were to be driven out and killed. These people were under God's judgment for all kinds of sins. Times of mercy and grace had been offered already, but they did not repent and turn to God in faith. Death is the wage of sin, not only for them, but for us too. But this woman wasn't crying out curses on Jesus, but rather she was calling out for mercy. And 
here is where the story gets so interesting because Jesus ignored her. And not just for the moment, but it went on and on. And this woman kept up her cries for mercy and, and pleading for her little girl who was possessed by a demon. So loud, so obnoxious, so uncomfortable was this moment that the disciples joined in her request. Oh, not that Jesus would help her, but that He would send her away so that they could get some peace and rest. After all, that's what they'd come to find. No one in the moment showed any compassion to this woman. Not Jesus, not His disciples. When Jesus finally spoke, it wasn't to her directly, but to His disciples as He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But with this pause in the forward progress, the woman threw herself at the feet of Jesus and begged, Lord, have mercy on me. Finally, Jesus answered, but not in the positive. He said, it's not right to give the children's bread to their dogs. Hey, okay, okay, if you don't want to help, just say so. Why be so mean to this poor woman as she is ignored, insulted? I mean, there was no one there to defend her cause. There was no one there to speak up for her and say, hey, this woman matters. Show her some respect. But here is where the encounter really gets good. The Canaanite woman, who has no one on her side, so it seems, has one thing that cannot be defeated, and that one thing is faith in Jesus. She trusted that Jesus was the one person who was on her side, the one person who would stand up for her, the one person who really cared and would help. So she answered, yes, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the children's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very moment. Why did Jesus make her work so hard for the healing? In this encounter, who needed to change the most? This faith-filled woman or his little faith disciples? Which one? Woman? Disciples? Now <laughs> remember, they wanted to send her away. Were not the disciples the ones who learned the most? and needed such a test of faith before their eyes? This encounter obviously made a big impression on them since the disciple Matthew, who was there at the moment, included her story in his gospel. The woman was just fine, for it obviously did not matter to her how much her faith was tested by Jesus, because no matter how much her faith was hard-pressed, it only shined all of the brighter. So bright! that Jesus would exclaim, wow, what faith you have. The, impl the implication is easy to make as he looks at his disciples as if to say, hey guys, imagine if you had this kind of faith, right? Just think about that. Well, Matthew included her story because we also need to hear it. We need to see it and learn from it. The gift of faith a work of the Holy Spirit through the message of the Scriptures, 
holds on to the truth that God is for us. Who can be against us? God is on our side, standing there with us and for us, and will work all things for our eventual good because He is good and He does love us. No matter how hard this faith is pressed, it shines all of the brighter because this faith is based on the truth and reality that the way things really are is that God is standing there with you and for you. I mean, look at the cross. See how valuable you are and how much Jesus really loves you? Well, thankfully, faith isn't something that we have to try hard to keep or manufacture on our own when we really don't believe things at all. No, true faith is a gift, and it is a gift that God is longing to give you, your family, your children, your grandchildren, and all the people of the world. 